With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Now, last week we were reading chapter 16 when um, Paul was arrested and thrown into prison along with some other apostles. But what happened is that they uh, were finally let out of prison because they were actually Roman citizens, so they were pleading their case, and they won. And then they were freed to, freed to go, and they departed from the prison. So this month, this week, it's uh, chapter 17, the work at Thessalonica and Bera and Athens. So if you get your Bible out, we're going to start reading at 17. Now when they had traveled along with the Antipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's wisdom, he went to them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large number of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of the leading women, but the Jews becoming jealous, but the Jews becoming jealous, and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. And attacking the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, "These men have upset the world! Have who have upset the world have come here also?" And Jason, who has welcomed welcomed them, and they all act contrary to the degrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. They stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. And when they received the pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Beria. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now, these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were true also. Therefore, many of them believed, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. But when the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul and Beria also, they came there as well, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then, immediately, brethren sent Paul out to go as far as the sea, and Silas and Timothy remained there. Now, those who were escorted by Paul brought him as far as Athens, and receiving a command from Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they left. Now, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he was observing a city full of idols. He was... So he was reasoning in the synagogue of the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present. And also some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers were conversing with him. Some were saying, what would this idle babbler wish to say? Others, he seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities because he was preaching Jesus in the resurrection. And I took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is which you are proclaiming, for you are bringing some strange things to our ears, so we want to know these things, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the strangers visiting 
to spend their time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new. So Paul stood in the middle of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all aspects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar to, to this witness inscription, To an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and all things in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. But they would seek God, if they perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. And in him we live and move and exist. Even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his children. Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent because he has a fixed day in which he will judge the world in the righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer. But others said, We shall hear you again concerning this. So Paul went out of their midst, but some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysus, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. How interesting to read that about. It just sounds like it's happening now, somebody traveling through and teaching those around them. It's just uh, so fascinating. Okay, let's start reading the notes. 17.1. Thessalonica is about 100 miles from Philippi. 17.2, 17.2, three Sabbaths, the time spent witnessing to the Jews. In addition, Paul must have had a longer ministry speaking to the Gentiles outside the synagogue. 17-9, through nine, uh, received a pledge from Jason. The authorities made Jason to put up a bond forfeitable if there was any further trouble. 7-11, more noble-minded in their characters shown by their open-minded examination of the scriptures. Epicurean philosophers. Philosophers followers of Epicurus who believed that happiness was the chief end of life. The Stoic philosophers regarded Zeno, this is a 340 BC, as their founder and whose name came from uh, Stoa Polycli, that means painted porch, where he taught in Athens, emphasized the rational over the emotional. They were pantheistic. That means many gods. Their ethics were characterized by moral earnestness and a high sense of duty, advocating conduct according to nature. Areopagus, that's on 1719. The venerable council that had the charge of the religious and educational matters in Athens in Paul's time. 
is possibly meant on the hill of Aries, with the Acropolis to the hill also being known as the Areopagus. So some think it meant a building in the Angora, in the marketplace. 1724. Notice this echo of Stephen's words, which Paul had heard years before. And let's read that again. So that would be 24. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Okay, so 1726. God has determine the exact times and places in history during which nations would emerge and live. Being then the children of God, not in the sense that all has something in the divine in them, nor that all children are his redeemed children, but that all people were created and given life by God. Okay, we're now up to uh, the last one, 1734. Then it says the Areopagus. Membership in the Areopagus was a high distinction. There is no record of a church at Athens. Paul calls the certain Corinthians the first converts of mainland Greece. So there we have it for this month's study, and we're going to go on to uh, study next week uh, Acts 18, and that will be about his uh, ministry at the Corinth. And I think we have time for a little story. And... um, I hope everybody is doing so well this Sunday and that um, there's several people I know that have been ill and um, other people that are just having some accomplishments. And I just wish wish everybody, you know, um, just wish you so so much happiness. And if we depend on God, we're never alone. So don't give up whatever your circumstances are. We're all growing together. And... um, and uh, that's why we reach out to each other and have Bible studies and do things like this. So, um, let's see. Okay, I'm trying to, writing in our guidepost, so we have a little, a little book. We have about five more minutes to go. Divine Touch. This is by, uh, this is in our guidepost book by Nancy Sullivan Glenn, Bloomington, Minnesota. That winter, ten years ago, It got so cold that ice formed inside the kitchen window pane. Gasoline froze in the tank of my husband's car. Bare, brittle limbs snapped in the breeze, and newscasters warned of wind chill and frostbite. Despite the bitter weather, I walked each morning alone through our new neighborhood, dressed in layers of down and wool. I walked and walked. Maybe defying the elements made me feel that I had some control over my life. That year, I lost two loved ones to death, and our first baby was born with Down syndrome. As much as I loved our child, I still felt stunned. God seemed to concealed, hidden somewhere in the cold winter of death and disappointment. I trudged in solitude day after freezing day. Only in front of the stranger's blue shutter brick house did I become gradually aware of a presence, a kind of peace. While my breath froze in the air, a spiritual warmth filled me. Here, for a brief moment in in the morning, I felt something promising, hopeful, reassuring, and I didn't know why. Spring came. Children pedaled bicycles on the sidewalk. Men swung golf clubs at the green fairways, and I exchanged my down and wool layers for jerseys and faded blue jeans. One morning, I took my newborn Sarah with me on my walk. In the bright sunlight in front of the brick house, I saw a mother playing with her two 
young twin daughters. I watched as she gently guided the girls' hands over the rough bark and offered them lilac blooms to smell. Just then I realized the children were blind and the mother greeted me with a wave. May they touch your baby, she asked, while the girl softly stroked Sarah's face, brushed her fine chestnut hair, and held her tiny pink hands. Their mother spoke about what it had been like to have her her children were born and what unexpected blessings she found in the early years. In adversity, we must be alert, she said, for God will find a way somehow to touch us. I wondered if I should tell her about my walks. Finally, I said, last winter, when I passed her home each morning, I felt strangely reassured and comforted and warmed. My new friend smiled. You must be the person I felt compelled to pray for this winter, she said. I thought someone in this neighborhood was going to pass through a difficult time, and now I know it was you. What a beautiful story. And I want to thank all that are listening this morning. You mean everything to me. Oh. And I just wish you divine intervention on any of your problems, that you get the help you need in any way you can. And let's say the the uh, traditional serenity prayer after a moment of silent meditation. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know them different. Amen. In closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms, that you may have had the strength to face whatever is dead. You are never alone. God loves you so much. Your best dreams come true, and true love lives in your heart. Of course, you can message me anytime on Facebook with your concern or request for prayers or you need to discuss something. Bye-bye, my friends. Happy trails to you. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.